is good, Defenders. Welcome to another episode of the most LAFC podcast on Earth, especially in Austin, Texas tonight. This is Defenders of the Bank, and it's time for episode 142, and it is the first regular season match of the season. Regular season match of the season from Department of Redundancy Department. You know my voice. I'm the scarf, J.R. Liebert, and oh my goodness, did it feel good to be back at the bank, sitting about six seats away. We were lucky enough to sit in the same row, same section, with my podcast partner and life mate extraordinaire, Christian Philly Philemon, everybody. The self-proclaimed beast from the East and the self-proclaimed toast of the East Coast scarf. We were back in the bank, and this time not as members of media but members of a supporter base, members of a fan base that is great, loud, wide, and vast. And how unbelievable was it to be in the bank and to witness FC Broccoli to make their start to their inaugural career? It was quite the episode. Yeah, kicking off the campaign for Austin FC. Look, it was great to be back at the bank with about 4,400 of our closest friends. And and we do want to be mindful. Look, we know that there were far, far more than 4,400 of you out there. There were the millions. And millions. There we go. That wanted to be at the bank. And look, we, we respect it. We know it, it's tough. But the good part is, just so that you know, the 4,400 that were there, we now move to the back of the line. And until every member who opted in gets to go to a match... People don't get to go twice, so sit tight. You're going to get your turn for sure. It looks like it'll be Seattle next week for many of you, which you guys are honestly probably going to see a much more contested and maybe even a little bit better match. It's always fun to be able to see guys like Raul Rui Diaz out there who had an incredible first week of the season. Carlos Vela didn't quite get to have the same chance for a good week <laughs> no, to start the by season. by no fault of his own. We'll definitely talk about that. Needless to say, our first wait what moment of the podcast kind of wrote itself for 2021 season. But Philly, look, what I am really, what I, what I take away from this match more than anything else was the incredible tribute before the match to Mo, to Mauricio Facio, who we all know passed away in March from COVID-related complications. And Mo was really the heartbeat of the 3252 and of so much that went on, whether it was Christmas Tree Lane, whether it was in Bank of California Stadium, whether it was all the other wonderful work that both Dean I and you and the 3252 do, or just being an absolute rock and pillar in the LAFC and Los Angeles communities. It, it was a bittersweet day, Philly. You and I had talked about this leading up to the match, but being there on game day, we walked into the bank and we were able to pick up our, our Brotherhood t-shirt supporting the family and supporting uh, whatever they're doing to for charity for for Mauricio, for Mo Facio. But Philly, it was when LAFC played the the tribute video of Mo speaking and talking about how how this was all so much more than just football. That's when it really got to me. It it got to me as well. I mean, we saw we've seen the video in the past. Yeah. We've seen it on social media. But to be in Bank of California Stadium, to see his face on the Jumbotron, to hear his voice come out of the, the speakers of the arena, it, 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 it hit a lot harder than we would have originally anticipated it. Yeah. It was going to be an emotional day, one way or another. You said it, we were wearing our Brotherhood t-shirts. I'm still wearing my Brotherhood t-shirt right now with Mo on it. Yep. And it's, it is it is bittersweet to know that we were in an arena. I mean, we were all mourning together, all of us, all of the 4,400 and the millions. And millions. I don't mean that in like a sarcastic way, obviously. There's no, plenty of people true. that were mourning the passing of Mo, including the, the highest echelons of Major League Soccer. Don Garber tweeted. Stu Holden was talking about it. Mo's name was on the register of everybody when it came to Major League Soccer. And the TIFO oh, Philly. that came out, I... I mean, we, we, we all lost it. I bought a pair of those guest sunglasses while we were at LAFC HQ. You did, because you what... broke your other sunglasses <laughs> like four minutes earlier. Yeah, because I'm a clumsy dumbass. But at the end of the day, I bought those guest sunglasses, and I'm so happy I did because, well, they were the only thing protecting my eyes 
from having other people witness how how watered they were with tears. Yeah, you had the uh, you had the live Instagram open, and then you panned over to me, and I was I was a train wreck uh, during that whole thing. More so than most Look, days. I I can't right. I can't imagine what it must have felt like for the thirty two fifty two. So many of whom's lives have been enriched and touched by being able to work and celebrate side by side with Mo for so long what it meant for them to work on that incredible TIFO that was raised before the match. My heart goes out to every member of the 3252, especially those that made that TIFO happen. It was an absolutely incredible TIFO. The smile, the strength, the heart of Mo came through in every single way. And you, you mentioned it earlier. Stu Holden said something. The national TV broadcasts all took a moment to honor Mauricio Facio. We saw MLS and the Soccer Don tweet about it, like you said. Look, we, we've said it on the podcast before, but Mo, we love you, brother. Yes, and we do. We though you always left, will. You, you know, you left incredibly large shoes, but the best part is you left tons and tons of people that are going to do the best we can to help not just fill them, but to help keep your spirit moving on each and every single day, whether it's match day or just a regular Tuesday in the middle of the week. We're going to be there to help carry on your energy, your spirit, and your mission, Mo. We love you so much, my yeah, man. Yeah, we do. And, uh, and we just, it, we're going to miss you, not just this day, not just this season, but but for as long as Bank of California Stadium is standing and for as long as we're able to to be a part of the black and gold community, you will be part of the lifeblood and the heartbeat of that, my friend. So. We will, yeah, we will never forget your name every day at, at the bank. It, it's, there, there's going to be the, the essence of Mo, the excellence of Mo, and we could all take a chapter from your book to live life the way you did, to be selfless, to go out there and do what we have to do within our local communities, to go out there and promote others, to go out there and, and be the uh, the savior to the uh, the un- underrepresented. I mean, we, we all could learn a lot from what Mo left and yep. what Mo did. And Mo went out his entire life battling and championing other people's causes, whether it was gay, straight, uh, underprivileged poverty, like look, Mo was Mo is the thirty two fifty two. Mo is LAFC. Mo is black is is the black and gold community. We we talk about this so much about being shoulder to shoulder, the the heart of Los Angeles. All of that at the end of the day, it's Mo. Mo yeah. was the heart of Los Angeles. Yeah. Mo did things shoulder to shoulder, and we're not going to just remember Mo. On this day, we're not just going to remember Mo as a result of a TIFO that came out on the season opener. We're going to remember Mo for the rest of our lives. And that is our commitment from defenders of the bank. If anything, we will forever remember Mo. Forza Mo. Yeah, finally, before we hit up uh, this day in LAFC history, because uh, we do have this day in LAFC history coming up along with a few news and notes before we get into the game recap of our victory over FC Broccoli, Austin FC. We just also want to give a shout out to Shane and Joe from Flex and to Josh and Justin from Party Brew Co. These are really incredible people that we got to hang out with and really get to know for the first time and people that we hope to be working with uh, much more often in the very near future. If you guys don't know, Flex, obviously, the the new front of kit sponsor. Uh, you know, Shane and Joe, just incredibly good people. And Taylor, by the way. Shout out to Taylor. Nothing but love. Hey, we got another East Coast person in the house with Taylor. That's right, with Taylor there from Jersey. And then, I mean, Josh and Justin, to say they literally opened their doors for the LAFC community today after the match, it was absolutely incredible. Thank you guys so much for the hospitality. And sorry, you're going to be stuck with seeing a lot of our faces for the rest of the season and for the rest of. <laughs> we like parties. That's, yeah, we I, like beers. It, it's, Party plus beer equals sold. It's called Party Beer Co. I mean, come on. What are you supposed to do? They got a cool little uh, little rooftop area as well. So big shout out to the guys over at Flex and Party Brew Co. We, we really enjoyed being able to hang out with you guys. The one thing I want to say, like, so obviously people talk about the Flex sponsorship. We didn't know what it was, who it was. But here's one thing that we did learn over the course of the past couple of weeks. Yes. The people that are behind the Flex brand. They've been part of the LAFC community since day one. They have. They aren't these Johnny-come-latelys, okay? You're hearing this right now from Defenders of the Bank. If you listen to the Shoulder to Shoulder podcast, then you probably would have heard the same thing as well. But if you listen to only Defenders of the Bank, 
Yes, the people at Flex have been part of LAFC and part of the black and gold community since day one. So we wel- we don't welcome them into the family because of a new sponsorship. We welcome them into the fold because they've been with us since day one, since 2016, since 2017, since those first games at Bank of California Stadium. True. So for those of you who are on the fence about Flex Power Tools, know this, and this is coming firsthand from Defenders of the Bank, and it's coming firsthand from information that we gathered by hanging out with the people responsible for the sponsorship, <laughs> they've been us. They were a part of us. That's right. And get off that fence one. and fix it with Flex Power Tools. There you go. I don't get know how to work fence. a power tool, Philly but I'm all about Flex Power. Philly tool. has a hard time working a hammer. Dude, I, I barely, I can barely make toast. It's rough. But that's why it's an even more important sponsorship so that maybe one day Philly can learn how to, you know, use a drill. Well, well we're in a room right now that is powered by a light that has a USB port on my laptop. And there's a reason for it. And the reason is... I haven't changed the light bulb that burnt out in Phil Monster Studios for a long time, and that's because he can't work a ladder. I can't. Well, there's that's a twenty foot ladder. That's a tall ceiling, man. I, I tried a ten foot ladder. I'm not trying to die fixing a light bulb. Any credibility that we had, we are quickly losing. While Philly explains why he hasn't uh, okay, changed then the we'll, light bulb, then we'll move right along. Let's move into one nobody of our cares about segments. my domestically challenged <laughs> skills. Let's move into one of our favorite segments this day. In LAFC history, we are recording this match. Where this match? We are recording this podcast. We already played the match. We didn't play in the match. No, though. you didn't play anything. I did not at all. We are recording this on Saturday, April 17th, 2021. So this day in LAFC history, let's talk about April 17th, 2019. LAFC loses on the road to the Vancouver Whitecaps. one nothing for the first loss of the 2019 season and our first <laughs> ever loss in Canada which means it counts for like 1.5 losses up there or something like that. <laughs> Blame Canada. LAFC, we rested starters. Oh, man, look at these names. Steven Betashore, Jordan oh, Harvey, gosh. and Walker Zimmerman. That's exactly where I was this day. Oh, my. Yeah, we were at, hanging out with the Cuervos in North Hollywood. That's right. Well, oh, my God. Steven Betashore, Jordan Harvey, Walker Zimmerman all did not start. So that meant that Peter Lee Vassell, Shaft Brewer Jr., and... Look, I'm going to say And Ollie. It. It's my, my favorite. Ollie started this game. My favorite nickname, Philly, in the history of our podcast. Three umlauts, Nico Hamalainen. All three of those players played in the match instead of those starters, mm. Beta, Harvey, and Walker Zimmerman. It was that one nothing loss, and that was, I believe, Mark Dos Santos, right? Coaching <laughs> against us, our former assistant yeah. coach. On the 18th. Can you believe that going through that, there's only one player that is still around from the all of these names. That's right. No Nico Hamilton. No Shaft Brewer. No no Stephen Betashore. No Walker Zimmerman. No Peter Lee. But we still got Jordan Harvey, baby. And and by the way, Jordan, it was nice to hear your voice also on the Discover LA little little sixty second segment that we did. So thank you. Thank you, Jordan. That was so much fun. On the eighteenth in nineteen eighty six, which means he's still younger than the two of us, Philly. Happy birthday to Maurice Adu, a 2018 preseason trialist. Unfortunately, he didn't make it out of camp, but he was, of course, the former number one overall pick of the MLS Super Draft and 2007 Rookie of the Year. Glasgow and, Rangers, baby! And a guy who we've For gotten to Protestants hang out with out uh, on a couple of uh, occasions, Good especially dude. in that, that... Rich absolutely put the beat down on Brendan there at... Uh, what was that? Where were we at? We, oh, were, we at were at Nikki Sports, Sports in, in Long, Long Beach. Beach. That's right. It was Rich being the mastermind that he is, just basically sat back and let Brendan talk himself into a hole. Brendan made comments like, we saw this with Chivas. Oh, we didn't really worry about these guys. We're still not worried about these guys. Everything this pompous douchebag said Yeesh. just made us hate the LA Galaxy and its staff more and more. And the fact that he lasted as long as he did is a testament to the crap that is the management of that club he got fired he's no longer a part of the la galaxy he made them the la fallacy a club that was very very much honored guys like him 
ruin your club. If you're a Galaxy person listening to this, you know that Brendan and a lot of the management there have been ruining your team. You should be thankful that this POS is no longer a part of it. All right, so Philly's getting out some uh, some demons right now here on uh, poor Brendan. There. I just don't like pompous. Look, the arrogant the, the hard POSs. Part, the hard part was he was sitting on his cell phone, like typing the entire time while Rich was talking. We've then, seen this before with Chivas USA. We didn't think they'd be able to replicate that. But effort. then Rich gave Brendan his undivided attention while Brendan was talking. So it was just bad optics all the way around. Rich doing rich things and absolutely handed it. Rich to enriching all of our lives. Oh, okay. All right. There you go. Hey, there's a tip. Also on the 18th, by the way, we've talked a lot about Maurice Adu and his birthday. The reason why, by the way, that ever came up was that Maurice Adu was the one hosting that panel. That's the, the smooth, long-winded segue that Philly went galaxy bashing on there for just a minute. But also on the 18th in 2018, what a day in the history of LAFC Bank of California Stadium officially opening. Hey, oh, uh, we, we enjoy that place, turns out. And, and you know what? We're going to add one more day real quick. On the 19th, in 2019, the Dole Whip the officially Dole Whip. served at Bank of California we Stadium Dole Whip. in section 118. Dole Whip. Thank you so much. Philly, what is it? Dole Whip. Dole Whip. All right. So, Could you Philly, imagine if I had a little bit of Dole Vodka Whip? I mean, you can add that from the... We'd be defenders blasted whip. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Philly, let's get to some news and notes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a big surprise. Right before the opening match of the season yesterday, Kenneth Vermeer and the club mutually agreeing to part ways. It was a rather curt statement by LAFC. <laughs> You've got to you love the mutually agree. Right? You always wonder if that's really the case. It's not. Just about one year into the three-year deal that they signed, uh, unfortunately, Kenneth no longer going back and forth with Pablo Cisniega over who's going to get the start. Just remember that it was the 35-year-old Vermeer in goal for our victories over Leon Cruz Azul yep. and Club America, but also in goal for our loss against Tigres. So, you know what? He played 15 matches for LAFC. He won six. He lost six. He drew three. And I know it probably wasn't the LAFC ending that he would like to his career, but we do, Philly, wish all the best to Kenneth Vermeer. It was a joy to watch him stop a few PKs over the course of his time. You know, there's people out there that are saying he was one of the worst signings in LAFC history. He was not. We're about to talk talk about another one. And and I've got to tell you how. Because of the victories that we had within the CONCACAF Champions League, Kenneth Vermeer was a very big part of that. A lot of people said he was trash. A lot of people thought he was trash. But a lot of you don't realize that you did not see trash on display. You just saw a man who was towards the end of his career. There are far bigger pieces of trash that we have signed that we're going to talk about (laughs) in just a second. But Kenneth Vermeer took care of business in the way that a grizzly veteran can do. He did not look good in the preseason. We don't know whether or not mutually agreed. It really does mean mutually agreed. But he is by far not the worst signing in LAFC history. And if you really think so, then you clearly are not part of this club from the get-go because we're about to talk about (laughs) the worst signing in LAFC history. All right, so that's a bold statement there from Philly. I I don't know. I mean, look. Here's the problem with Andy Nahar. We're ah, about, ah, we're, we're about well, to talk. you already just unveiled that aspect. Right. We're about no to talk. suspense there. We're about to talk about Andy Nahar. Papel. The, the the problem is you Andy did Papel you Nahar. did give him that nickname, and I appreciate made that of so paper. Much. Here's the thing about Andy Nahar: you can't get rid of a guy like Walker Zimmerman and then replace him with a guy like Andy Nahar. Now I know that wasn't the move, right? It wasn't we're replacing Walker Zimmerman with Andy Nahar. That wasn't that wasn't a one for one swap. But man did it feel that way for a little bit with LAFC. So Andy Nahar is back in Major League Soccer and back where he had his most success, mainly because he was on the pitch, DC United. And I'm going to read a short excerpt for all of you from the Washington Post article that announced Andy Nahar was back with DC United. And I quote Nahar was in training camp for all six weeks, but did not appear in any of the five preseason friendlies because he needed to build up strength after years of injuries. <laughs> Nonetheless, he impressed the club's technical staff in daily workouts. What and the hell does that even mean? That just means they were getting him match fit. But Philly, Andy Nahar joins Adrian Perez 
as former members of LAFC currently on DC United. DC United actually won their opening match of the season 2-1 and both players saw action. Adrian Perez subbed on in the 74th minute and Andy <laughs> Nahar came on in the 88th minute. <laughs> That's always so funny. To perhaps me. to avoid taxing himself too much early in the season. Because so, if they would have put him in in the 87th minute, he would have gotten hurt. He would have gotten hurt. Absolutely right. But hey, Look, Adrian Perez is getting burned still from from now. Adrian Perez has talent. We Adrian just, Perez does. A we member, just didn't former see member of the much. Ontario Fury, whom I know you love very, very much. I mean, I only I'm only their play by play guy. You so. are. That's very true. And look, Andy Nahar played a solid three minutes without getting hurt. So good luck. <laughs> that, that right there is a record. That, that's Andy Nahar's version of a hat trick. Godspeed to Andy Nahar. Whatever. Philly. Moving on. <laughs> More importantly, let's see. 2018, 1-0 win at home behind Laurent, Simon, and the Hollywood ending of a free kick. 2019, it was in the fourth minute of stoppage time that Adama Diomande lit up Bank of California Stadium to lead us to a victory over Sporting Kansas City. 2020, the chip by Carlos Vela over Luis Robles, who went sprawling into the back of the net with the ball for a one nothing victory, LAFC 3-0 and in home openers. And we were all set to make it 4-0. and Look, it's the second straight season that we help an MLS team on their maiden voyage learn how to lose on the road. So that's nice of us to get them started with all that, Philly. Perfect in-home openers. And, and what I love, Philly, is that MLS was all about and all their different social media posts and everything hyping it up. Oh, it's Will Ferrell against Matthew McConaughey. By the way, neither of which play for the team, but we appreciate Will as our owner. He has been there front and center for quite a bit. And of course, Philly, the first opportunity for Matthew McConaughey to show his fandom for LAFC. We looked all over the bank, Philly. The star of such hits as Angels in the Outfield, Boys on the Side, and Between Two Ferns, the movie, was nowhere to be found. So chalk one up for Will Ferrell, because you got to show up to pay up, and he did. Will was there. No Matthew McConaughey. You know, the funny thing is, you, you picked movies like Angels in the Outfield. I did. Boys on the Side. I did. And Between Two Ferns. Yeah. These are all places, these are all like movie titles that depicts the fact that he was out there in the distance. Right. In the cornfields. Yep. Nowhere to be seen. F- freaking fantastic. Yes, Matthew McConaughey was not seen. You know, there's another movie that you forgot, by the way. What was Sahara. <laughs> He might as well have been in the Sahara because he was nowhere to be found. Clearly, the girls, our girls, wanted to go see our right, our right, our right himself. One of the most likable characters. Panda was actors. very excited. Yeah, That's and true. you know what? If God forbid I would have lost Panda to Matthew McConaughey, it'd have been like, as long as I could come to your barbecue, dude. Yeah, sure. Steal my <laughs> wife. I got nothing on you. But what I do have on him was the fact that I was physically present on my club's you were there. home opener. True. You were physically present on your club's home opener. And yes. you know what? Will Ferrell was too. One story I want to tell you. Yes. The infamous Portland trip when we walked out of the park, Providence Park, that yes. is. We, we bumped into Will Ferrell. We did. Will Ferrell was wearing the Pride Republic Defenders of the Bank pin. Yes. And we were just chatting on the walk up the hill. You remember that crazy hill coming out of the section? It was we a lot. In? I told Will, one of the things that I appreciated about him was the fact that, hey, you're a hands-on owner. Like, you clearly love this club. You're clearly there all the time. And, you know, I appreciate that. There are plenty of other owners, plenty of other celebrity owners that they're nowhere to be seen. I mean, we might have a couple of them within LAFC, but I'm not going to name any names. Tony Robbins. But anyway, moving right along, oh, he, he really appreciated that. You're going to piss and off six foot seven Tony Robbins? I, I don't even care at this His point. His hands I've are larger seen than him. my head. We've been there four years. I've seen Tony Robbins like nah never but one time never one time but Matthew McConaughey not being there I don't know kind of a bummer actually because I like the guy and you'd figure on the team's first match in the history of their franchise we would see the man himself maybe his Lincoln Navigator couldn't get him there in time I don't know (laughs) I don't know what's happening Philly I actually completely forgot by the way in our episode notes normally we talk about the starting lineups and in our game notes I have completely forgotten to put 
put the starting lineups in our game notes. But luckily, if you go back to One More Sleep, we talk an awful lot yeah, you trust about the good. incredibly talented lineup that Austin FC was bringing out, led by their two DPs, Thomas Pochettino and Cecilio Dominguez. They were both a lot of fun to watch and definitely provided some one-two punch for Austin on a couple of their offensive chances. But Philly, let's talk about LAFC's starting lineup. Of course, it's no longer a question about who will be starting in goal. Backup keeper now, Thomas Romero, for the season. But it is San Pablo, Pablo Cisniega. <laughs> Everybody who was on Team Pablo, by the way, you won. San Pablo was probably counting his blessings. Oh, thinking I, to himself that, that was the other thing that you forgot to mention. Yes, before. there it is. San Pablo was counting his blessings. Like obviously, their teammates. Philly he, thought about this line for a he while. He wouldn't. Yes. <laughs> he wouldn't have wanted to this see is, Kenneth Vermeer go. But San Pablo praying that he's going to get all the playing time in the world. Well, clearly the man upstairs made that happen. And uh, by the man upstairs, we're talking about well, John Thornton and Larry Friedman. He does and, literally stand higher than anybody else at Bank of California Stadium when he watches the matches. <laughs> so, <laughs> San Pablo's uh, press came true. No more goalkeeper controversy. Nope. Unless Thomas Romero puts himself out there, or 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 Philip Edgemato. He's not on LAFC anymore. Right? Yeah, that but have we have access lot. to him. But look, let's say this, Philly. Look, we're, we might be bearing the lead here, but the way that Pablo Cisniega played today, there is no goalkeeper controversy whatsoever. He doesn't need to be looking over his shoulder. Played absolutely fantastically today. Did San Pablo. Let's talk about the back line. Of course, it was Tristan Blackman, Eddie Segura, Jesus, David, Maria, and Diego Palacios. And they Chique. played Excellent today. They absolutely looked fabulous out there on the pitch. A really great job from our back line. Hint, they didn't give up any goals, which is always a good thing. For the midfield, the question was answered very early, Philly. We knew Edward Atuesta. We knew Latif Blessing. And it was, as you call him, the Canadian glory machine (laughs) himself. Mark Anthony Kay getting the start over Sifu, however... Sifu would come into play in huge fashion oh, later on in the yeah, match. Oh, yeah, bye And Philly, the big news was that the Kaiser Permanente injury report that said that Diego Rossi was questionable, maybe a little bit of gamesmanship on LAFC's end because there was no Diego Rossi to be found in the lineup today. It was Carlos Vela, Danny Musovsky, and Corey Baird to start things off. And what I was kind of excited about is that that makes my prediction. And I'm going to own up to this if I'm wrong, but I have a really good feeling that I'm going to be right. We talked about it earlier. Corey Musovsky, Danny Baird, that player that I have made up in my head, the two-headed monster, if you will, that I think we'll need in that third spot, actually filled the second and third spots giggity today. And, And look, I've said 15 goals and 15 assists combined for Baird and Musovsky, so we'll see what that means later on. Philly, Austin FC, there are a couple players that I want to mention, just throw out to you, and we'll talk about them more at the end of the match, but we mentioned it on One More Sleep, Nick Lima, and Nick Lima did all kinds of Nick Lima things. We've seen him a ton for San Jose, and your former guy, Alex Ring for NYCFC, looked Pretty good out there today. Innkeeper, because we're going to talk about him just a little bit for Austin. Ben Stuver. Stuver would be the keeper for Austin FC. And it took just a minute, Philly, to get the action going for LAFC. First shot of the game belongs to Cheeky off of a pass from, well... Are you snacking, like, in the middle of our podcast? All right, fine. Is that what's I'm happening sorry. right now? I was, I was chewing on a Pringle. I, I couldn't help it. I didn't realize that you were going to get back to me. <laughs> That quickly. So, so, so the fact that... Don't mind like, Philly, guys. We're good. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one minute into the game. First shot belongs to Cheeky. Off of a pass from Carlitos himself. Solid save for a corner. End of that first off the corner. Tristan misses high. Good pressure already. It would take another seven minutes of action before we would really see anything. Eight minutes into the game. First real action, long ball on the wing for Austin. Definitely looked offside. Definitely, yeah, with, without a doubt. Ball played long, and a little miscommunication results in a corner on the opposition side. Nice poke 
by Pablo Cisniega, but not on goal. That's true. No, look, I was a little worried because the first time we had our backline tested, our Colombian connection back there. Sorry. Don't mind that, everybody. Our Colombian connection back there, Jesus David Murillo and Eddie Segura actually collided with each other. And I was like, oh, God, is this going to be a harbinger of things to come? By the way, if you had harbinger on your bingo card here for the Defenders of the Bank episode, you can cross off harbinger right now. Or Pringles. A really interesting comic book by Valiant Comics back in the day. Harbinger. I remember them. But no, they had really good pressure uh, in that back line. Uh, against LAFC, Austin FC with a good first touch. Uh, but unfortunately, nothing came of anything. Definitely thought that uh, Cecilio was offside on that one, but it was not called. There was, again, more good pressure in the 11th minute from Austin. There was a header that was wide in the box. And then 13th minute, Latif Blessing doing Latif Blessing things, earns a foul and a set piece. And that really kind of slowed things down for Austin for a little bit. But man, I, I got to say it again. The back line played incredibly well, especially led by Eddie Segura and Jesus David Murillo. The, the, they were two different corners there. I think it was in, what, the 15th minute or so? Two different corners by Eddie Segura, who had to defend and defend and defend and looked really, really good there. And Philly, we almost had a goal in the 17th. Yeah, there was a great run by LAFC. Mustavela broken up. First real offensive possession in a bit for LAFC, but needless to say, nothing materialized as a result of that. A minute later, two fouls going called. We were blue, booing the blue team, if uh, you will. Boo blooing. And then the second, we, we, we disturbed the grass near... Uh, speaking of grass, by the way, I'll, I'll say, say something about Austin in a second. Okay. <laughs> There's a set piece from good distance. Nothing materialized there. One thing that you would not have heard on the telecast, one thing that you would not have seen on the broadcast, speaking of Austin, there was a plane oh, God. flying all above Bank of California Stadium, which basically said, I'm green till I die in Spanish. Um as a result of uh, Austin FC. So whoever in the fact paid for that banner, paid for that plane, I'm not going to say, hey, no, that it. was good on it them. Was, Why it not? was good. I mean, hey, you know what? Green till I die. It wasn't anything derogatory but towards Philly, LAFC. It was kind of cool in that Philly, can we also talk about, and this seems like a first world problem that I'm about to mention right now, and I, I apologize for anybody who, who looks I'm gonna, like I'm going to have is, a Pringle speaking of first world oh, problems. Oh, good Lord. So that black helicopter... That was flying over the match literally the entire time. I don't know if that was for Fox Sports or for, you know, the national broadcast. It was and, Fauci. Oh, my goodness. That was unreal. It was so annoying to have this helicopter fly over the match. But look, it did. So whatever. doesn't matter. But yeah. Two <laughs> you fouls. know what wasn't annoying? What's that? Drinking beers at Bank of California State. I mean, look, we consider ourselves very, very lucky that we were one of the 4,400 people. Yep. There were two of the 4,400 people that were allowed to get in. So yes, absolutely. But yeah, it was frustrating. You see two fouls go uncalled. Latif got taken out. And then all of a sudden, we we literally like we we breathe next to a player for Austin, and they earn a set piece. But whatever, that's fine. Nineteenth minute. I mean, Carlos Vela, who by the way was still on the pitch in the nineteenth minute. Huh. We're on that in a second. In the nineteenth minute, Carlos Vela makes an incredible play on D. He actually came back into the box, makes a sliding play on defense. And comes all the way back so that on the counter, it's Moose trying to connect with Carlos on the other end and just misses a great run by Carlos Vela from making the defensive effort to being part of the counter and almost finishing it off on the offensive end. And Philly, it was right at about the 21st, 22nd minute where we had our wait what moment of the podcast and of game one not the nice one-two between the two DPs, Pochettino and Cecilio, who almost put one in the back of the net. But in the nah, 22nd minute, Vela, you know, he kind of went down a little awkwardly over on the side. I didn't see what he was motioning, but he goes down. And in the 22nd minute, we see the fourth official put up the substitution board. And it was number 22 coming in in the 22nd minute for number two. 10. Wait a minute. 22 minutes into the match, Carlos Vela comes off. We thought, and it was Alicia Rodriguez, right? That was like, pray for the eternal health of Carlos Vela. But it had nothing to do with health. It was a miscommunication 
between Bob and or the coaching staff, but look, it's going to fall on Bob because he makes all those decisions. Between Bob and the coaching staff and Carlos Vela, how nobody went up to Carlos Vela and specifically asked him, do you need to come out? No, Bob said on the in-game interview that he may have jumped the gun a little, you think, in taking out the league's best player 22 minutes into the match for Mahala. Now, luckily... This wouldn't come back to bite LAFC. But I'm going to ask this question out loud, Philly. I don't know if I really need or want an answer. I understand how that might happen in U8 soccer and AYSO. How does that happen at the major league soccer level? Well, I mean, Carlos made some hand motions, which triggered this 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 thought process on the coaching staff on the sidelines. And but clearly, it wasn't the case. He had the injury early on during the course of last season after the COVID Cup, and so Bob, being the builder that he is, probably saw that. Probably was given information that hey, it looks like Carlos is gesturing to come out. He didn't think twice. Why? Because he's going to protect his franchise player. We were ju- we were stunned. Not going to lie, I spit out my uh my uh my my party beer <laughs> that I was consuming that hazy IPA. I couldn't believe it because Carlos, as he walked to the bench, he seemed fine. He took off his captain's armband. He didn't seem happy. He walked right into the locker room, and I can't say that we saw him at all coming back onto the bench. He was not happy, but it doesn't really matter because as, a re- as, as the end results dictates, Carlos Vela did not really contribute to the game. We saw him for 20 minutes, but we ended up on the positive end of it. Yep. More on that later. If we wouldn't have ended up on the positive end, then it would have been an issue, but hey, you know what? You want to protect your franchise player because as Carlos Vela goes, LAFC goes. And Carlos Vela said it very clearly in his article and interview in the LA Times. He wants to win the MVP. So Bob's going to protect him if he thinks Carlos might be hurt. Look, here, here's the other thing. We are 22 minutes into the match and we have three DPs and none of them are on the pitch. We know three where DPs. Yeah, we know where Brian Rodriguez is. He's currently on loan, but he counts as a DP on our roster as it is currently constructed. <laughs> Diego Rossi not on the pitch. He had distantly hand- positioned. Right, there is you go. what DP stands had, for as far as I, Brian Rodriguez. By the way, concerned. if you guys could see, that was Philly. Philly took a second there and was like, "How can I make this work?" Yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He figured it out. That was he, pretty he, good. He, he saw the gerbil so in my head, saw, trying to like engineer. You, you that woke light bulb. up the gerbil, like run! I need something quick. I just had <laughs> Pringles. So the second DP, good, Diego Rossi, obviously picks up a hamstring injury. I don't know if it was during the New England match or maybe it was during training. I almost pulled a Ted Lasso and said practice, but it's training. But now, no Carlos Vela, no Diego Rossi, no Brian Rodriguez, no designated players. And we've got Mahala, Corey Baird, and Danny Musovsky out there leading the charge for LAFC. No worries. Not sure I saw that one coming. No but if you worries. Had that, how about this, though? On the very next possession for Austin, an incredible diving save to his left, Pablo Cisniega, the header by Pochettino. And if not for Pablo's quick reflexes, we would be down like one nothing. And look, you think that everyone would have questioned Bob in a two nothing win. Imagine what would have happened if we went down one nothing. Literally, the next possession after Carlos came out, San Pablo saving us early in the match. What a save. Look, a couple of different great individual efforts. We had Atuesta in the 26th and another great pass through the box by LAFC in the 29th that somehow missed the feet of both Latif Blessing and Danny Musovsky. But nothing comes. And honestly, there wasn't a whole lot going on up until about the 35th minute where, look, it was a it was one of those all-hands-on-deck kind of plays in the middle, Philly. The corner for LAFC, another near-miss on the shot, but the ball literally batted away up top, Philly, and it was Mark Anthony Kay who blasted one over the top of the crossbar from about, I don't know, five feet or so. LAFC could have very easily... Been up one nothing. Yep, but it didn't happen. 
So if we really want to talk about- They don't about, call you the best color man in the business for nothing. Hey, I, I talk a little more than that dude from the major league. But that that was really it. Look, we could go over a, a course of like a couple of shots, some decent passing, some nice slide tackles. But when it really boils down to it, nothing occurred. There was a minute of stoppage within the first half. Uh Within that minute, a longest shot from Mahala, easily saved. Had a little more space. We're going to talk about Mahala within the course of the second half. Mahala coming into the game early on, probably just a surprise getting in as early as he did as the rest of us were. But that was really the first half. And when it really came down to it, LAFC playing a club that, well, you know, trying to figure out themselves, trying to figure out their identity. LAFC playing without several of their best players. By several, I mean two, and that's basically like, what, 50 to 60% of the offense. I mean, that's going to hurt, but starting the second half, you know, we're, we're, we're zero to zero, and one would guess, how in the heck is Austin FC in this game? Would they come into Bank of California Stadium to upset the LA, the mighty LAFC, a team that MLS has predicted to go far in Major League Soccer, far into the into the playoffs. And I got to tell you, a lot of pressure gets put on us by the, these pundits, by all these people that are like, oh yeah, LAFC is going to, they have a good shot at winning the MLS Cup. We've never really played as an underdog. I really wonder whether or not we would make more of an impact being played off as an underdog versus being a favorite because there's clearly a lot of pressure placed on us. And, well, sort of unfair. What we saw during the course of the preseason, I'm not going to say this is MLS championship caliber football. Oh, see, here, here's the thing. I'm going to take a line from Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. Ooh, with Peter great Parker in the house. With great talent comes great responsibility. And I've said it on the podcast. I've said it on other podcasts leading up to this season. There is no doubt in my mind that LAFC is the most talented and the deepest talented roster in all of Major League Soccer. And I will tell you this, Philly. It's a game like today where we substitute in several players for our frontline starters, including one just 22 minutes in, that shows exactly why I believe that this team not only can but should win MLS Cup, win the Supporters' Shield, the depth that LAFC has to be able to weather things like injuries, to be able to weather things like maybe losing a player in the July transfer window. I don't know. To be able to weather something like, oh, I didn't know my star player didn't want to come out. Sorry, he's out in the 22nd minute. For us to play the way that we did, for us to perform the way that we did, that's why I think we are an MLS Cup caliber Of course we are. The thing is, like, the pressure of having that People want to say that we're choke artists, and that kind of bothers me. Choke artists in the sense that, oh, these guys can't clearly finish things. Look, what have we done over the course of the past couple of years? We've been one of the most successful franchises in Major League Soccer. We took almost a supporter shield, and I'm sorry for those of you out there that don't think it's an important trophy. It, 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 in fact, is. Carlos Vela breaking records, but hey, at the end of the day... Obviously, an MLS trophy is what matters to so many people. But if there wasn't so much pressure applied on the club by the pundits and everything else, who knows? It would be really interesting to see that from that perspective because all we've ever known in our club's infancy is the fact that, well, they're the team to win the big one, and we catch a lot of BS criticism because, well, oh, oh, LFC choke artist, blah, blah, blah. And I hate that part. So that's why I thought, hey, it'd be kind of great to like not necessarily be viewed no, sure. as the number one team. Sure. It'd be kind of cool to play the underdog role and to come up from the bottom and to kill everybody that way. Well, when you've got Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi, and Eduardo Tuesta, I don't know if you'll be able to ever play the underdog role. But here's what I will say. And I know I think we've mentioned this on a couple of our other podcasts. Maybe we haven't. I don't know. I'll mention it now. I don't care. LAFC has never won the big match, right? We've never won the big match in our club's history. First year, we lost to Real Salt Lake in the playoffs, but still, we had 57 points, broke all kinds of records, so we were able, even without winning the big match, we were able to kind of move the bar a little bit higher from 2018 to 2019. 2019, we were MLS Cup favorites. We came out, we broke records, Carlos Vela broke records, the team broke records, and unfortunately, we, even though we had our biggest win in club history up until that point, the 5-3 win over Carson in the playoffs, we didn't show up against Seattle and unfortunately fell flat and got steamrolled by them 3-1 at home. But yet, there we were. 
We showed that we could prove to have the best regular season in MLS history. So we move into 2020 with the bar raised even higher, even though we didn't win the big match. 2020, Philly, we looked eh, middle at best in terms of how we played until, oh, I don't know, the most important competition of the year for us, CONCACAF Champions League, where we take out three Liga Amekis teams and push Tigres to the brink, which then, by the way, they made the cup final against Bayern. Oh, my God, what I would have done to be able to see LAFC Bayern. But again, because of those three wins over Liga Amekis teams, we became the first ever MLS side to beat three Liga Amekis teams we somehow raised the bar just a little bit more for expectations on LAFC. So I've got no problem with us being favored to win MLS Cup. But first, Philly. Look, I'm always going to say. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, first, we have to find a way to beat Austin FC. And we almost did it in the 53rd minute as we, I don't know, are we ready to get back to to half, half recap or you tell me. I mean, look, I, at the end of the day, I, I firmly believe we're the best and to heck with the rest. <laughs> 53rd minute, LAFC runs to the corner to perfection. Twice. <laughs> Eddie Segura gets great positioning on the second one and bangs it off the crossbar. That was a close call oh. for our interview guest on episode 139. Another great opportunity for LAFC. Two minutes later, Opoku from distance against. Saved by Stuver. And here's here's what Opoku did on a couple of occasions. And I wanted to note, he had ample opportunities to go out there and etch his name in into this matchup. But the inexperience, the excitement, and, and the moment, it, it kind of got a bit of him. Sure. If it was somebody who's more veteran, somebody who'd been in this position a little more... Would they? They would have gone in a little more. They would have held onto the ball a little more. They would have like given themselves a couple of more feet because when Opoki made his shots, they were far out there. It didn't take much effort from the keeper. Had he gone in a little bit more, had he had the confidence and the composure to hold on to the ball a little bit more, now we're talking of the difference about you know a one goal game and in some cases a two goal game. No, you're absolutely right. We talked about it. There were those two instances where maybe Mahala hangs on to the ball a little bit longer. He can do some great things. Don't worry. He would redeem himself for sure. But of course. But in the 61st minute, Corey Baird, Baird opening his LAFC account. It looked like the shot might have been deflected just a little bit. But if you go back and watch the replay, Stuver was already leaning left instead of going right. And Corey Baird able to slot it home from distance. It was Danny Musovsky to Corey Baird. So imagine my delight when I think that Moose and Baird combined. He's got his Frankenstein creature That's to right. Perfection. Oh, my God. It was beautiful. It was like this. It's alive. This, this is what I it's have created. Alive. One goal and one assist from the combination of Corey Baird and Danny Musovsky. We are closer to our goal of 15 and 15 after that play by Frank one and Moose each. Baird. Frank and Moose Baird. I love sounds it. Sounds like a cereal. Sounds, sounds like a Ben and Jerry's flavor, right? <laughs> Like, or, or oh my goodness. Cream. But Corey Clearly almost, by the way, right? Corey Baird, by the way, almost scored again in the 62nd minute, missed a shot just wide. Edward Atuesta missing from distance in the 64th minute. And, and look, we were a little worried, Philly, in the, what was that, the 68th minute or so when Jesus Murillo comes together with an Austin FC player after a ball took a deflection, you and I were very worried that the blue team, the referees there, were going to call a foul in the box on LAFC on Murillo. But luckily, it was a great no call by the blue team. We got a lot more help from the blue team in the second half than we did in the first. And Philly, a little bit of turnabout there for Austin FC as Pochettino, one of their two DPs, comes out in the 70th minute and did not look very happy at all. No, didn't look very happy. But then again, the head coach didn't look very happy. The team didn't look very happy. The only people that were happy were the people that supported LAFC. And by the way, I appear to have jumped the gun because you're about to talk about a highlight in the 71st minute, and that is when those two players came together, Phil. I had tear God, my friend. Close call in the box with Mario. Coming together with a broccoli stalk in the box. Good no call. We were wiping the sweat off of our brows. We were. Not because it was sunny, because of the fact that we're like, I don't know if the game, but it doesn't matter. 72nd minute, great cross in the box. Header just wide by Gallagher, who subbed into the game. Gallagher, 
Dunkirk, was it that he's from? Gallagher, and yes. Yeah. Definitely a dangerous situation for LAFC. Three minutes later, Nick Lima keeps LAFC on their toes. Nick Lima, y'all remember him? He was a member of the uh, San Jose Smurfquakes. Long shot wide. Lima and Ring have looked really good for Austin up until this point. But 75th minute, Raheem Edwards. Raheem Edwards, folks. Do y'all remember Raheem Edwards? I do. We traded him for Laurent Simon. Yeah, the reason we got Laurent Simon is because we traded Raheem Edwards. He comes into the match for Corey Baird, and then we have Jose Cifuentes in for the Canadian glory machine, Mark Anthony <laughs> K. It is the debut in black and gold for Raheem Edwards. How does first touch go? Uh... Offside pass. Yeah. His first touch, he was offside. He made a nice run. It didn't take long, like but 60 look, seconds. Uh, Alicia and I, it's so funny. I turned to Philly and I said something about Raheem Edwards. I go, dude, he's been everywhere tonight. He's really played all over. And literally our phone goes And in Canada ring, too. And, and Alicia, Alicia said the same thing, that Raheem seems to look really good. You're absolutely right. In the 77, Sifu, uh, look... Sifu's passing is so underrated. He made a great little pass to spring Raheem Edwards. Raheem to Danny Musovsky. His shot was just off the mark. And Moose, we were a little worried. He was down for a second. I was like, oh. Yeah, so, the Moose got loose and picked up his caboose. There you go. But he was all right after that. 81st minute, it is Pancho Ginella in for Danny huh. Musovsky. So, Philly, on your LAFC season bingo card. Oh, gosh. If you had the final three strikers to finish out the match as Raheem Edwards, Mahala Opoku, and Latif Blessing. You just won Defenders Bingo, my friend. Cecilio comes out in the 87th minute. So officially, out of the five designated players owned by the two clubs, zero of them are now on the pitch after the 87th minute. Look, I want to talk for just a quick second, Philly, about Gallagher. Gallagher came in about the 70-something minute or so, and really changed the offensive complexion for Austin. It was in the 90th minute that Pablo has to make a really solid save on a ball that was deflected into the box. It's Gallagher. And Philly, we had seven, seven count of minutes of stoppage time, and it got real exciting real fast. Yeah, it did. But a minute into that stoppage, we have a play off of a counter. Mahala to Sifu on the giveaway. Boom, baby, boom. We got an LAFC goal. The score is now two to nothing. <laughs> Amazing poise from Mahala, which is something I, I'm not going to say he had throughout the course of the game. He if he would have had amazing poise, he could have ended up with a brace. But we hadn't seen that earlier. You got to love the one, two from, well, those two. And as a result of that, LAFC putting the exclamation point on this match, ending any opportunity for Austin to come out with an upset. LAFC going up 2-0 to nil in the match. And hey, three points. First game in the bank. First game with fans. First game this season. First game where we could collectively say, Woo-hoo. Yeah, Philly, couple quick things real quick before we completely wrap up the match. In the seventh minute of stoppage time, the kick save by Pablo Cisniega reminded me of those early Kings games that I used to watch with Kelly Rudy back in Ooh, goal with Wayne Gretzky there. It was kick save and a beauty, guy. Kelly Rudy. And that was it was a great kick save by Pablo Cisniega, Philly. And the other thing that I, I do want to mention more than anything else is the the feeling at Bank of California Stadium from those 4,400 after we scored that second goal and we realized, look, we really are going to win this one for Mo. We really are going to take this one home for Mauricio Facio. It meant the world. We go up to nothing. We close it out to nothing. And again, just an incredible win for LAFC, not just because of how heavy and kind of bittersweet this day could have been, but because of the absolute gaff by the gaffer taking out Carlos Vela because we ended the match with no DPs out there on the field because we ended the match with maybe our fifth and sixth and seventh strikers a couple of years ago coming on now and playing 2 nothing. We continue the unbeaten home opener streak, Philly. 
three points into the books. And I, I heard, by the way, Open Cup has been postponed or, or yep. it's been moved back or something. So who knows if these three points matter as much to Open oh, Cup they, qualification. Oh, every point matters. No, no, no. I'm talking about for Open Cup qualification. I don't know if that's if they're going to care enough about that. But you're absolutely right, Philly. In the grand scheme of things, every point matters to nothing. LAFC. And I, the last thing I want to say, Pablo Cisniega looked fantastic. He did. He made some great saves. Congrats to Pablo for taking the reins and making it his, not just because they cut Kenneth Vermeer, but because of the way he played tonight against Austin. Yes, he played a fantastic game. And you were were talking about a win for Mo. Corey Baird's goal, by the way, we didn't talk about this. Corey Baird's goal, there was a deflection there. And one would argue, and I would credit Dweezy for this one, it was Mo. Mo's spirit, Mo's influence deflected that ball off Corey Baird. <laughs> okay. That's okay. what I, that's how I'm going to take it. Mo's spirit, Mo's presence was alive in Bank of California Stadium. Yeah. And Corey Baird gets the first goal of the season, the first goal for his LAFC career, which was really nice because, well, Corey Baird, well, he killed us <laughs> a couple of seasons ago. We didn't necessarily like Corey Baird back during his really salty lakes days. But for him to get on the boards as quickly as he did, really good thing. We got to meet his parents, by the way, yeah. in the uh, in the team store. Lovely, lovely people from Escondido. Yeah. Shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Corey Baird. You know, the, the other thing, Philly, you're absolutely right. After he scored the goal, by the way, Corey Baird, when he scored the goal, Wearing the captain arm, captain's armband, easy for me to say, that he got from Vela having to come out of the match. And then after he scored, he went over to the 3252 and pointed to the other armband that was on his arm. He pointed to the armband. That's exactly that's, why I brought that up. Absolutely. That said Forza Mo on it. So you got to think, you gotta think that, that he knew he, there were much higher powers in action yep. there. Again, We miss you, buddy. But here on Defenders of the Bank, we are proud to report the first match of the season into the books. 2-0 LAFC Philly. It's on to the Seattle Sounders coming in to Bank of California Stadium fresh off their 4-0 beatdown of the Tyler Millerless Minnesota United FC. He didn't play in the match. They gave up 4-0 behind Dane St. Clair, the former forward Madison Mingo, Ooh. with the goal. And that, Philly, wraps up an incredibly successful first match, 2-0 LAFC Three points in the books. Yes, it was an exciting match. It was an exciting day. 4,400 of us were at Bank of California Stadium. And there were a lot of you out there that, well, felt victimized or felt brokenhearted because of the fact that you guys weren't in Bank of California Stadium for the home opener. I will say this. That puts you closer and closer to some of the other great matches. We're Scarf and I, unless we apply for media passes as fans, we're not going to be allowed to watch the Seattle match. And for those of you who don't get picked for that, all that's going to mean is you're going to get closer and closer to getting to see the Galaxy match, the Derby. What would you want more than to see LAFC put the shebang bang on the LA Galaxy? That's a, that's a great thing. And I know a lot of people have complained. I know a lot of people were f- upset about the fact that, oh, LAFC, well, they, they didn't send out emails until Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Folks, we, know, we knew what the schedule was. You're going to really say that you didn't kind of plan your day around the fact that LAFC games are the way they are? When the schedule comes out, we all plan that. We plan that. I plan that. You plan plan that. And I'm getting a timeout. The Galaxy matches at Carson. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because, hey, more people are still getting closer and closer to that Galaxy match. Okay, cool. I like so, it. look, here's here's the deal. You miss You miss a game, right? You don't yeah. go to a game. It'll put you closer and closer to another game. The people that get to go to the game, they're going to have to wait a lot longer to go to another game. And that's, you know, it, it is what it is. Look, it's not a perfect situation. We're not living in a perfect world. But think about where you were a year from now. We were doing literally nothing. Nothing. Now we've got some pretty decent problems. And that problem is, I don't know what LAFC match I'm going to go to. Well, Maybe that's part of the enjoyment, part of the excitement. You're going to go to LAFC matches if you're a season ticket holder. And that's the bottom line. So you have the schedule. We've all planned around it. 
Keep those fingers crossed. Maybe you can find a way or an avenue to get a game, a ticket to the game. We're all going to be back at the bank eventually and hopefully down the road with more people in attendance. Keep the faith, folks. Keep the faith, defenders. We'll all be back at the bank in some way, shape, or form. And you know what? We might also have to go see the Las Vegas Lights play a few soccer matches oh, as well. Oh, bummer. I don't Can't want $2 shots that. of tequila. You guys, look, the important part is episode 142 gets to talk all about the Austin FC victory Ooh, for LAFC. Broccoli and my celly. Yeah, right? The, the victory over Austin FC, and more importantly, to one more time, honor the memory of Mauricio Facio. And you guys know how we like to end all of our podcasts, including this one. Episode 142 will be back for episode 143, and we love you too, because you used to speak pager code back in the day, right? So you know how we like to end all of our podcasts. That's 143. It means I love you. Oh, did you, did you never know that? Dude, you're younger than me, and I didn't even know that. Wait a minute, time out. I, one, one letter, love, four letters, four, you, three, three letters, one, four, three, means I love you, and like pager. I'm sorry, my my life wasn't pager friendly. I was this many days old when I realized that Philly did not know what one, four, three meant. Well, Philly, one, four, three, my friend, and you know how we like to end all of our podcasts, including that one time that Philly didn't know what one, four, three meant. Bye-bye.